Welcome to Brazen, a weekly podcast where we get down and dirty on how we can live a more curious, bold, and vibrant life. We are your hosts, Callie Hughes, a functional wellness nurse practitioner, and Valerie King-Maller, a transformational life and mindset coach. Together, we own Hello Glow Coaching, which helps high-achieving women thrive and lead happier and healthier lives. No topic is off the table as we dive deep into the options available to women when they put themselves back in the driver's seat and take deliberate action in their lives. So let's get started with today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Brazen. Today, we're going to dive into the topic of rediscovering your hobbies and passions. This is something that a lot of people our age, you know, 30 somethings struggle with. I've heard from a ton of people that I know, and then just the general vibes that I get on the internet, social media is that a lot of us are so caught up in the day to day struggle and we're so busy trying to excel in our jobs and excel at, you know, adulting in general, that we've sometimes lost sight of what lights a fire in us and what we enjoy to do. And so Val is going to lead us today on a conversation of how we can work on rediscovering or if you don't even know what you like, discovering our hobbies and our passions. So let's get started. So I think, I don't know if it's just because it's like summertime right now for us, but I feel like this is a time where you feel like you want to be doing a lot more fun things and, you know, there's more sunlight and daylight. And so you just want to be focused on having a lot of fun. So this topic seems to come up a little bit more with my coaching clients in the summertime months or when it starts to get nice out. So it's a really timely topic, but it is true that a lot of people aren't sure what their hobbies are anymore. And even just when I first getting to know a coaching client, I ask, you know, what do you like to do for fun? And a lot of people struggle with that question. No judgment, because I also feel like a lot of times my answer is, I really like to coach. (laughs) I really like to work (laughs) as my fun activities. But it's really important as part of positive psychology, they talk a lot about having times in your life where you have flow. And that's like when you are working on something or doing something that you are so engaged in that you lose track of time. And I think it's really important to have that in your life, regardless of how busy you are. So a couple of ways that you can rediscover your passions are to, I think the first step, look at what you like to do as a child. If you are really big into being outdoors and like bike riding and, you know, playing outside in the woods, look at maybe some active outdoor hobbies. Or if like art was your favorite topic in school, you know, look at that as potentially your outlet. So I do think your childhood passions can lead a lot or tell you a lot about what you would want to do as an adult. Callie, do you have any childhood passions that you still pursue today? Yeah, I really liked artistic type stuff as a Mm -hmm. kid. 
And I definitely have started leaning back into that, you know, things like painting and just being creative with my daughter because she's really into just making things out mm-hmm. of random craft supplies. And I find that that's also fun for me. Mm-hmm. It really is a good outlet for my creative tendencies, I guess. And I definitely can relate to what you were talking about a little bit ago with, you know, summertime being a time when people might struggle more because I never really understood why, but the summertime was always when I started feeling worse. You know, like I struggle more with my mental health in the summer than I would Mm. in the winter time. So over the years, I've grown enough and been able to reflect back. And that I think was the issue is that I didn't really have any hobbies. And I was so focused on working. And and I was in school for a long time. And so it was there was so little time for me to spend doing things that I might enjoy because I would always be studying or in clinicals or in class or Mm -hmm. doing family stuff or spending time with my husband that there was really limited time for me to do anything that I was passionate about, or that was just simply a hobby for me. So I really lost touch with that piece of me for a Mm -hmm. long time. And now that I've started rediscovering these things, I've noticed that it has created this huge shift in my mental health, especially this summer in particular, I've been really focusing on doing things that are going to bring me joy and happiness simply for the sake of Mm -hmm. it being fun. Like I am not necessarily any good at anything that I'm doing, but I'm just trying different things and it's not really tied to a specific outcome. I think that a lot of times people get caught up with their hobby having to be productive in some way. Like, okay, I'll start painting and then maybe I can sell my paintings on Etsy or -hmm. something like that. I think people get caught up in how they can make their hobby into a side hustle or something like that. But I think that totally misses the point. I'm somebody who fell into that same boat, but yeah, it kind of just gets you caught up in the productivity culture and then it stops being fun and then you feel like you have to continue doing it and then it just sucks all the way around. Yeah, it's so funny that you use that as an example because I remember that I was working with a coach. She was coaching me and she said, I feel like you need to have a little bit more art in your life. And she's like, I just sense that you're like a creative person. And I'm like, um, I mean, yeah, I like it, I guess. And but in the back of my mind, I was like, why would I do that? Like, I'm not going to sell it. It's just going to take away from other parts of my life. Like, and it took me a really long time to get that concept that the actual art of 
like creating (laughs) is really valuable to yourself and to your growth as a human separate from it having any end result. And that was so freeing to realize that because I then stopped even sort of subconsciously thinking I was creating for someone else, you know, and I think it allowed me to just take messy action, as we say all the time, and not worry so much about the idea that someone's going to see this. So you totally sort of pinpointed that productivity culture, but also the judgment that comes from doing stuff that you just want to do, but doesn't necessarily end up with like an end product. And I think we need to give ourselves some permission and freedom to embrace that concept of just doing stuff for the fun of it. (laughs) So... And I think, you know, the second thing to look at is what do you do for work and what's kind of the opposite of that? And not to say that work isn't fun, but look at something that can kind of broaden your horizons a little bit. So if you're someone that works pretty exclusively alone, you might want activities that are with other people are a more social thing. Or if you are working with spreadsheets and numbers all day, like maybe you want to do something that's either outdoors or is like creative. So just kind of looking at ways that you can bring in something slightly different than what you do for work can be really helpful as well. Yeah, I find personally that with my work having been caregiving and being a Mm -hmm. nurse practitioner and having to take care of other people and, you know, just constantly be in that type of a mind space. All of my hobbies tend to be really inwardly focused and Mm -hmm. solo. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm like a pretty introverted person anyway, but all of my hobbies are pretty much something that I would have to do on my own, Mm -hmm. which I think really speaks to what you were just talking about with your hobby offsetting what Mm -hmm. you do for a majority of your week in your job. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'm a total extrovert, but I work with people all day, every day. And my hobbies and passions are all solo. And, you know, I'm a big reader. And it's not only like you said, it's a solo activity, but it's internally focused as well. Because I think so much of my energy goes towards external things like people Mm -hmm. or projects. So yeah, it's really great to take a look at and really assess where you are in terms of your work and kind of where you need to sort of, as we said, broaden your horizons. So So I know a lot of people might struggle with knowing what their passion is. Maybe they've been disconnected from that piece of them for such a long time that they don't even know Mm -hmm. what might light them up. And I was definitely in that boat for a long time. And so one of the things that my therapist encouraged me to do was just start writing a list of anything that sounds remotely fun or interesting to me and make the list long, you know, Mm -hmm. don't stop after, you know, I've come up with maybe six or eight different things, like come Mm -hmm. up with a list of 
30 different ideas and then look through the list and pick something that I'm drawn to and then Mm -hmm. just try it. And maybe you're just doing this one day a week or like for a couple hours on a weekend just to give it a shot. And I'm still working through that and I'm still trying different things that sound interesting in the moment. And it's really helped me to get unstuck as far as my hobbies and my passions go. And it's helped me to kind of get curious about different things, let go of the fear of not being good at something Mm -hmm. or doing something for some kind of an output and just experimenting. It really helps me get into the experimental type mindset where it's like, okay, do I like this? Do I not like this? Would I want to do this again? Or do I not care about it at (laughs) all? Am I hating this right now? And it's really freeing to look at it from that type of a perspective, because it's going to help you to kind of get started, I guess, if you're really in a rut. Yeah, the experimentation thing is always big. I'm a big proponent of just exploring all sorts of different options. And I think one good way to do that if you need a little push outside your comfort zone is to say yes to all of the invitations you receive from friends. Like, you know, think of like a paint night or a hike that you might have normally been like, nope, (laughs) you know, just doing it and saying Mm -hmm. yes. And like, you can even make a pact with yourself that you'll say yes for an entire month to any sort of activity that's safe, but might be outside your comfort zone. And it's a great way to even find some options that might not have been on your list, but, you know, are something that may potentially turn out to be something you love. So definitely experimenting and exploring. And I think also just making time to explore all of these things. I think we have mentioned multiple times in this podcast, but the productivity culture kind of makes us feel like we can only devote, you know, 10 minutes to our passions, but it's really important for your well-being and for your ability to grow as a human being that you do make time for your passions and don't let that fall off your list as you get busier and busier. Honestly, you'll be a better employee or a better business owner or a better parent if you allow yourself to be passionate about things and to grow. And it also helps you be a more creative person in terms of just problem solving or other areas of your life. So don't think that it's just wasted time or allow it to become something that just goes completely away as soon as you get busy. And I think one sign that you're on the right track as far as finding something that might be a new hobby for you or something that you're passionate about is when you are really looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Or if it's something that is going to take a little bit longer than one sitting, like if you're making a piece of art or something like Mm -hmm. that, if you're kind of looking forward to getting back into it or Mm. planning when you can do it next. That's a really good sign that you're on the right track and you should kind of follow that thread and see how things 
go as you progress with it. An example for me that's like really random is recently, at the time of this recording anyway, I have been interested in sassy cross stitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is like really random. And I can't even remember how it came up for me, but it was like late at night. And I just had this thought, I think. And then I went on Etsy and got this cross stitch kit with a sassy saying on it. <laughs> so I found that once I got it, it was something that I kind of got into the flow state with, like we were talking about earlier. And I could just sit down and do that for a couple of hours, which, you know, turns out that there are a lot of muscles in my hands and my fingers that I was not using prior <laughs> to that. So it was like a little bit stiff. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't spend two and a half hours doing this tonight. But that was kind of one of the things that was on my big list, you know, I kind of added it and I was like, I'm going to do that now. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm continuing on with it. And so it's kind of fun. And I think it gives you some more interesting things to talk to people about when you're having to make small talk. It makes you more interesting when you have passions and hobbies that you can talk about and share with other people. So that's another added benefit. If you're really terrible at small talk, like I am, <laughs> it gives you something to discuss. <laughs> what you said really resonated with me because I am such a bookworm. And when I'm reading a really good book, like I will literally be at work thinking, oh, I can't wait until I can, you know, read again. And you know, it's like a really good book when you feel that way. And as someone that tends to be a little bit of a workaholic, it's really nice to have that sort of momentum to want to like get home and spend some time reading. So yeah, I totally love that. <laughs> I'm the same way. And that's kind of my yardstick for books. If I'm not looking forward to getting back into it after like yeah. reading maybe the first chapter or two or like 10% of the book listening to it on audible, then I just put it in my DNF pile for yeah. did not finish. Life's too short for books that you're not enjoying. There are too many books to read out there. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, hopefully that helps you to explore a little bit more what your passions might be. And if you don't know how to answer what your hobby is, don't despair. It is a common thing, but it is important to kind of rediscover that. So spend some time exploring and writing out some ideas and giving them a try and definitely let us know how it goes. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please take the time to rate and review it on whatever platform you listen to it on. We would really appreciate 